Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. And welcome back to the episode. Today, I am so excited. I've got with us the creator of Pursue Your Spark. Now, Pursue Your Spark, it's a blog, it's a podcast, it's a whole, it's a momentum. It's, and I'm telling you, people my age, my guest age, are all about pursuing our spark. She has been in the exercise nutrition mindset world for better than 30 years in the fitness industry. She claims her expertise is in that fitness world and exercise. That is really what is her powerhouse. She has created a lot of different programs and I'm going to let her talk about each and every one of them. And I had the privilege of being on her podcast just a little while ago and she is going to to share her expertise with us. I'm super excited to introduce you all to Heike Yates. Thank you so much for coming on. It is my pleasure, Amy. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, you bet. I love your name, Pursue Your Spark. I think that encompasses so much of how we want to live our second half of life. Absolutely. How did you come up with the name? A lot of soul searching. (laughs) (laughs) My brand went through three completely different changes. Okay. And when I initially came up with, or let's say came up, but when I initially started out going from the in-person training with clients to saying, I want to reach more women our ages that are in midlife, I need to create an online presence. And in order to reach more people, you need to speak to the right group. And I thought that my very first group was the menopause game plan. It sounded really, really awesome to help women that are in menopause. Yes. Now, I am not a doctor. And a lot of women that need help in menopause really need help other than the hot flashes or the can't sleep, these kind of things. They really need medical advice. And I'm definitely not qualified to do that. And so I said, you know what, if I really want to help this group of women, this is not where I need to go because I'm not qualified to do that. So threw everything out the window, started from scratch, went into clear the clutter. And I figured everybody knows exactly what that means, clear the clutter in your mind, in your body, in your life. And it has to do with all the things that I'm about. Well, needless to say, People thought it was about clearing out the closet or clearing (laughs) out the cupboards. It was not about health, nutrition, and fitness. So here we go again. So I said, how do I call my brand? I don't want to be saying women over 50 or 50 plus, or here's the group from 45 to 75 or whatever the age group is. Right. And at some point, I I just so searched and pursue your spark, just fit the bill because It's not age-related. It's not specific to a certain part in your life where you might need help. It is something that is happy. 
that is positive, which is I'm all about positivity, and that encourages people to do more, to do better in their lives, and shine. That's where Pursue Your Spark came from. Absolutely. And I love that, like you said, it's not age-related, but you and I are of the same generation. And I have to tell you, I feel physically and mentally better post 50 than I ever have in my entire life. And I think it's a revolution. I mean, there's a lot of the, you and I are in a lot of the same groups online and in the same kind of chat areas that I think a lot of women are feeling that we're feeling very empowered to really grab a hold and pursue the second half. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with this. And this ties also in with that we're speaking up more, that we're grabbing more of our job opportunities, that we're stepping up to the plate. And with the whole Me Too movement in the last year, it also encompasses this whole feeling of, yes, we're together as a community. We're moving forward in a community and we're stronger than we have before. We've learned from our past and now we're putting it to the test or we're testing it out or we're, we're stepping up and saying, yes, we're living our best life and we're not waiting and sitting around for it. Yes. And do you feel kind of like you talked about community? I feel like the revolution that's happening is that we are taking that life experience that we've gone through, whatever that is, you know, each of us has our own experience. But we are coming at a servant's heart. We're giving back to the community. We're making a difference in the worlds and communities around us by not just we're sharing that. We're sharing that experience, strength, and hope so that someone else may not have to struggle like we did or you know, we're helping them. We're reaching that hand back. Am I making any sense here? <laughs> I think women tend to do either. Okay, women go either one or the other way, in my opinion. They either backstab or they support. Right. And we're all about the supportive group. So we want to spread that message a lot more. And I think by originally, or women share more. Mm -hmm. We share more about how we feel. We share more about our experience. And yesterday, I talked to one of my future guests who is a breast cancer survivor and she shared her story. And I said that she's been so open all along about her journey. She was on Facebook in a group that I belong to and we met on travels and she says, I don't want to hide. I know I lose my hair. I know I have all these side effects. And the more we know, the more we can help each other, but not just each other, but help each other step up. Yes. Move up to the next plate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing is we don't want to have that feeling like we're alone. Sometimes when we get into isolation, you know, we're feeling like we're the only ones. I'm the only person who feels like this. I'm the only one who's experienced this. And by having that servant's heart, we can know that we're sharing that. I believe God takes us through things for a reason. And sometimes that reason is to be able to share that experience with someone else. And also in the same token, I think that now that we are in midlife, we can teach our younger generations from what we've learned. And we're living in very difficult times. Yeah. And everybody wants to help and step up. 
And I think we're also in that position, especially as women, as the nurturer in many households, that we can reach back to our own children or our younger people and say, listen, this is where we're going. This is what I believe. You believe the same. Let's do this together. And here's the path that I've gone before you. Mm-hmm. You may not agree with that path, but you may just look at it and say, well, she's on to something with what she's sharing right now. So, I mean, this has nothing to do with the notes I had for this, but let's go with it here. Do you, because you and I are the same age, I grew up in a neighborhood where we played outside. There were no fences around our yards. We all played together. We were outside from the moment the sun came up to the moment the sun went down. The moms were all a community. If you got in trouble at someone else's house, man, your mom knew about it at your house, you know? And today's society, many parts of it, we don't have that. And you had the neighborhood and you had your family. We were always with grandma and grandpa. We were always with cousins. Do you feel like we got too far away from that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have two kids. They're now 32 and 29. Mm -hmm. And when they grew up, we lived in the neighborhood that you described, not quite as close knit, but still off the computers and hanging out with their buddies. Right. And I don't see that as much anymore. I mean, we have a playground right around the corner from where I live. And occasionally you see kids outside playing, but the computerization of our life has taken over so much. I mean, it allows us, even though we're in totally different parts of the country, to communicate. But it takes away that personal touch and feel that you shake somebody's hand or you grab them and give them a hug or you throw dirt at them as you were children. (laughs) But It takes that away from our society and not to go down another rabbit hole, but suicide rates are high. And that only shows that we are not connected as we have been. And perhaps us bringing that back and saying, hey, remember when we used to bake cookies together? Let's do that with the grandkids now. Let's bring that community and that personal touch or that person feel back into our relationships. Just the interpersonal communications, you know, yes, technology is good. Yes, it provides us, you know, to have better access, better communication. Well, I don't know about communication, but, you know, more access to things that we didn't have. But I think many of the things are not, we're not, this is not about, we're solving the world's problems here, guys. <laughs> but well, you know, we're not going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> we're going to come out of it really quick here. We're just going to finish with this thought. I think it's that interpersonal communication, the cell phones, the iPads, the, you know, all of the technology has taken away that interpersonal communication and the humanization, yeah. right? It's so easy behind a screen to say and act and be, but when you are in that interpersonal communication in human to human touch, we don't do or say like we do behind the scenes. Yeah, and that's sometimes, and uh, many people have gotten off the internet for that reason, because there's a lot of shaming, there's a lot of blaming, there's a lot of meanness that is out there. And when you hide behind the screen, it's easy just to point fingers and throw stuff at people without... <laughs> suffering the consequences where in the olden days you got punched in the face yes, yes. or something like that. <laughs> yes, now, you're just like, huh, I'm fine. Nobody can do anything to me. 
that's yeah. So, but that ties into mental. But let's get let's get into your story, shall we? <laughs> so, what you've been in the fitness industry for over thirty years. What drew you into the fitness industry? Let's talk about a long time ago. And it seems like yesterday, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Some days it does, doesn't it? God. Well, I am originally from Germany. Mm-hmm. And exercise was never was a part of my life, but in Europe, everybody exercises. You bike, you walk lots of places, and you're always doing stuff. So exercise was not really like have to go to the club or let's pick up the weights. I moved to the states, and I met my husband here, and we had a son. Mm-hmm. My oldest one is going to be 32. I can't believe it. And he was born, and I was I gained a huge ton of weight. I was just ginormous. And I also had quit smoking just before that because you're pregnant. So you quit smoking. Okay. Don't judge me listeners. Okay. (laughs) Back in the days, everybody smoked Mm -hmm. 30 years ago, everybody smoked. And so I gave up smoking. Of course, you're going to eat more. And I quit, of course, drinking. And so you gain more weight. And I gained 50 pounds by the time I was ready to deliver. I looked like I have a picture of myself in a pink outfit, and I thought I looked so adorable. I looked like a big, huge pink elephant. (laughs) Amazingly, I delivered, had a gorgeous son, a huge baby too. He was over nine pounds, nine, six, and very tall. But as we know, if you're a parent or if you're a mom, you know when you gain all this weight, you have all this fat still there. It's not like you pop out the baby and you're done. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine said, come on, let's go to this exercise class. Down at the church, they have a local YMCA, a community center. And down at the church, they teach a class. And they target everything that we need, the butt, the abs, and get rid of all the flab. And I was like, me in an exercise class? Never. (laughs) And I said, all right, I'll come with you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I gained all this weight and I really did not know what to do to get rid of the weight uh, except for not eating or going on those funky diets but right so we went to the church it was amazing it was a dancer size class that's what back then so now you call it zumba yeah it was called dancer size yeah it was so much fun we danced we had music we did weights we did some apps and best of all, they had childcare at the church. Nice. So I could drop my always screaming son off who didn't want to separate with his mom and started taking the class. Uh-huh. And when I started taking the class, I was just like, oh, this is great. I do this once or twice a week and everything will be fantastic. However, they liked how I moved and they needed new teachers for the program. And that's how I got started. And my husband back then was a huge supporter of getting me out the house, having me do something that I enjoy. And that's how I got started in fitness. Okay. So you said something that was really interesting. And I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about it since we have you on and you're from Germany. You came to the States when you were how old? 23. 23. So you made a comment about in Germany, and I hear this a lot between Europe and the US, is that lifestyle is very different in Europe versus here in the US. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that? The lifestyle itself is more active because people take public transportation. Okay. That is a huge game changer. Here, it's tough to get to the metro. The bus is not running on time. Or in Germany, of course, everything, for the most part, is on time. So you can rely on getting your streetcar, your bus, your train, your metro. And people walk to the public transportation. And then 
take the public transit and then walk again to wherever they go. And that the whole lifestyle because of it is so different than here. I remember when I used to live where I used to live before where I am now, the next closest transportation was two miles away, mm-hmm. public transit. So I had to would have to walk two miles to actually get to somewhere. And having that whole transportation system set up the way it is, you can not only get around in your own town super easy, you get to the next town and the next town. And I know friends who just travel on vacation by train and they go from Germany to Italy to France and they all do this by public transportation. And that in itself makes a huge difference when it comes to your fitness level. Right. Right. And have you ever heard of our listen or research any of the blue zones? I've heard about it. Okay. So they're a group of scientists that have gone out and researched all these. They've found, I can't remember if it's six pockets or eight kind of pockets around the world of people who are living to be a hundred years old and in a larger scale. And so they studied the lifestyle and there's only one in the U.S. and that's in Loma Linda, California, but the rest are often in other countries. And a big part of it is the active lifestyle. Of that people live, that they don't rely, they don't have their own cars or, you know, they're relying on like that public transportation and just walking. Even, you know, now that you mentioned it, I remember that whole setup where people live healthiest. It's also when you think about grocery shopping, mm. it's oftentimes done getting a little basket, put it on your bike, bike to the store, get your stuff, go back home. Many people or back in the days at least, many people did not go out and buy the whole week's supply. You would go every day or every other day with your little basket, get your stuff, go home and cook. And then the only time you have to plan is for the weekend because many stores in Germany are not open on the weekends. So there's a law that you don't work on weekends. Well, so this leads to lifestyle. So number one, you're shopping fresh you know, from the marketplace, right? It's more of a fresh marketplace than what we have here. And number two is the whole lifestyle is more laid back, more relaxed. It's not that work, 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 work. Yeah. And I remember when I came here to the States and everybody was like, so how many weeks of vacation do you get? And I worked for the foreign service. I was like, well, I get four weeks every year and every other year I get six weeks. And it was like, what? Paid? (laughs) I'm like, yep. And they're like, and you don't worry about your job? I'm like, nope, because the country takes care of its people by giving them the time off to actually relax and not just say, here are your 10 days of vacation. And now this is going to last you for the rest of the year. Yeah. And that's another aspect of, yes, I take three weeks of vacation, but I still have two more weeks to go. And I can actually really relax and enjoy my vacation. Yeah, I think too many people, I believe we're making a turn back. I look at my children. I've got two in their 40s and one in their 30s. And I can tell you their lifestyle is turning backwards, you know, to where we used to be, where it's really more family focused and spending time with the family and having that job flexibility that allows them. Whereas when I was working outside the home, I was a single mom and I worked no less than 70 hours a week and rarely took time off you know, because that's what I had to do in order to, you know, survive because, you know, we have to keep up with the Joneses. 
Yep, that's true too. I mean, I was a single mom for a number of years mm -hmm. and that was part of my fitness journey as well. And uh, I was on the other hand, not trying to keep up with the Joneses. I was on the other trying to just make money that I could put food on the table. <laughs> well, when I divorced, I had $300 a month to pay the rent to a month. The rent was $900. Mm -hmm. So I had no extra income. I had no money. So I was like, I need to bust my booty to put food on the table. So I'm very frugal. And oh. like I said, I'm not keeping up with Joneses. I'm like, we're minimalist. We're basic. We don't need much stuff. We just need food and clothing and a house over our head. Protection. When Nick was younger, my son, you know, I say keep up with the Joneses, but I just remember, I remember being like always one or $200 shy every month from just making ends meet, you know, having the rent, having the food, having the car you know, type thing. It was a struggle. Oh, yeah. I remember those years. So talk to me about, so we got into, you went to your first jazzercise class and that fitness bug just bit. Yep. Then I decided that this is actually cool because I make money and can <laughs> drop off my screaming son who was really only screaming when he was not with me. <laughs> <laughs> off somewhere and I started a career and I felt on my own body how amazing exercise is how happy you are how better you feel how much more energized you are how much stronger you are mm -hmm. and so I said hmm, this is kind of interesting I don't want to go back to my office job so let's see how this is going to evolve and two years later after teaching classes I became a personal trainer so I got could uh, train clients one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And then my career just slowly started evolving around fitness as a base. And what happened is that I learned everything. Amy, if you know of anything, I probably taught it. Anything from spinning to step to <laughs> dancer size to high-low aerobics to whatever, whatever, you name it. All the fitness trends that you can think of, I taught. Mm -hmm. And my career just evolved into becoming then not only a teacher to others, but I wanted to, first off, make a little bit more money, get a little bit more vacation as we're right. talking about this, yes. but also more responsibility. So I became a fitness manager okay. in a big health club, which again had a benefit. I could bring my kids to the club and they could play tennis and they could do all kinds of other activities while I was working at times mm -hmm. and they were off. And that then turned into a career from being a manager into turning to becoming a fitness presenter for Resistible, where I developed the Pilates on the Ball program for Resistible, and travel teaching other teachers how to use the ball and how to teach Pilates on the ball, which was so much fun back in the days. Nice. And so I wanted to explore all the different facets of fitness. Where do I fit in best? Then Pilates came along. I used to teach yoga for three years, and then Pilates came along. And so I learned all these things and I coached teachers how to teach spinning classes. I was like, I want to learn. I'm like a sponge. Teach me everything and I'll sort through where my path is going to go. Yeah. Now That took about eight, 10 years in that whole niche. And then Pilates came along and I was ready to make a change. My kids were older and I was ready to say, okay, I want to do something different. I do not want to hurt cats around anymore in a health club <laughs> and you know whatever make the club owner happy I want to do something different so I started really diving into Pilates okay and I've been teaching Pilates now for 20 years and I started out teaching and learning it's a big 
chunk that you have to, there's 720 hours of training that involve getting you certified in all the pieces of Pilates equipment. Mm-hmm. And I started then again, going back a little bit into managing at one of the exclusive clubs in DC. And then there was things, there were changes. And I was like, okay, what do I do now mm-hmm. with my life? There are changes. So then I went backwards basically into more personal training and Pilates fusion, which fits my style better anyways. I don't like to just go channel. We're only doing one thing. Right. I like training. I like to take things for my programs and my clients that fits their body and not what somebody has designated it should be. Okay. And so I went backwards yeah. into the old neighborhood where I used to be. And I started teaching Pilates and personal training and nutrition coaching. And I'm an athlete, so I knew a lot about nutrition through my own experiences. But I wanted to bring it to somebody like us women in midlife, more mainstream with the knowledge I had. So I became a nutrition coach and added that on to make it a more comprehensive program, what I would offer either in a group setting or in a one-on-one coaching session that I have with my clients. And then about it's about eight years ago now, I opened my own private studio that is in my neighborhood. I was it's attached to my house. And honestly, guys, okay, I'll be honest. This is all truth. This is formerly known the garage. When we <laughs> bought our house, there was a garage that was completely done. It was painted. It had a weight room. It had a bathroom. It even had a carpet. So all I needed to do was move my equipment in, my Pilates equipment, my fitness equipment, and start my one-on-one coaching where I move now in Maryland. And that's why I started teaching. And I still taught a little bit at another fitness studio, but that's pretty much has died down and I'm still only in my studio. And, but what's the problem when you're in your studio at eight o'clock, you have one time, you can see one person and nobody else. Right. And so I started creating what's now called Pursue Your Spark about four years ago. Okay. So my fitness journey has come back to to almost smaller, like we said, smaller living, more helping more people, but with, with a comprehensive approach. Yeah. So talk to me about the approach of Pursue Your Spark, because you went in and you got your nutrition coaching. So you, now you're tying that in, but then you also are pulling mindset into it. And I'm huge on the mindset aspect. I believe 100% that if we're not okay right here in between these two little doodads on the outside, I don't care what you feed your body. I don't care how you move your body, what toxins you take away. You know, if we don't fix what's mentally toxic in the head, we're taking step backwards. Yeah. When you think about as we are getting older, in our 30s, I use this just recently as an example. Okay. In my 20s, I had kids. Mm-hmm. In my 30s, I became a bodybuilder. Okay. In my 40s, what did I do in my 40s? My 40s going to my 50s, I became a, oh no, that's what happened first. I became an ultra runner. So I ran distances longer than a marathon. So I've run a 50 miler. Okay. Race. And then in my 50s, I became a triathlete, an Ironman triathlon. Wow. And tell people what that is because you say it like it's no big deal. (laughs) Oh, it was a big deal. Oh my God, it was so much work. So, what is an Ironman? People may have heard of triathlons and there's different distances. And I also just learned swimming about five years ago. Okay. Because I didn't know how to swim. And uh, I had competed in a duathlon, which is a bike and a run, and I had qualified for the national championships. 
And in order to compete in the national championships, I had to learn how to swim. Okay. So I said, sure, let's learn how to swim. So I did. And you're in your 50s or 40s? 50s. That's in my 50s. The 40s was the long distance running. <laughs> oh, amazing. I love it. And so from there, I said, okay, I'm always like this. When somebody says, what do you think about this? I'm like, yeah, I sure I can do this. It <laughs> happened when I was bodybuilding. My girlfriend said, do you want to be a bodybuilder? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. And she's like, do you want to try? I said, yeah, let's try it. So I was like, okay. So I became a bodybuilder. My son said, mom, do you want to do the Tough mutter?" I was like, what's that? Sounds great. Let's sign me up. I had no idea what it was, what it involved, <laughs> what, it, what it entails. And Tough Mudder, and you guys can Google this. This is an obstacle race that is crazy hard. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I said, yes, I'll do it. I became a swimmer and I said, I'm putting all this money and time into this. I got to do something with this. Yes. And my friends cautioned me because my husband is also an Ironman. And they said, let him just be, it's his niche. And I said, why? I'm not stealing his thunder. Right. But I'm see if I can do this. So what does an Ironman triathlon involve? You swim two and a half miles, actually 2.4 miles. And then you bike right after that, you bike 112 miles. And right after that, you run a full marathon of 26.2 miles. And the point two is important because these point two miles are long. Yes, they are. I can attest as a runner that yes, I've not done a full marathon in full disclosure. I did half marathons and that point one <laughs> is it's a point one. It's like, you see it is like, it's just a little bit further up there. Ah, yes, yes. I know. So I decided I just, I like challenges. I like challenging myself. And that was another way. And I haven't done one since I'm like, you know, I did it. I'm like, check. i checked off all my fitness bucket lists that I didn't know I had. Yeah. I ran a marathon in 2008. I qualified for Boston. I ran Boston the following year. I was strong enough and I said, oh, let's run a 50 miler, right? Really high. <laughs> oh, 26 wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's do a tough mutter. Oh, great. Now let's do an Ironman and people are just shaking their head. But to me, it's fun and it, it helps me stay fit and healthy. It helps me learn more about me and my body. And it helps me also from what I learned to put this into my clients and my programs practice to say, no, you don't have to be an ultra runner. You don't have to be an Ironman. But what you do have to do is take care of your health. Yes. I show you how. What do you think? Because I can see and I love the mindset that you have. And what did you learn? Because our body will do what it can do. What did you learn about your mindset when you were challenging yourself to learn all these different modalities and trainings that you did? I just, I want to hear, what was it that stood out for you? I would sum that up in one sentence. Your body will do what the mind has set out to do. If you're not in the right mindset, you're not achieving your goals. And your goals could be a walk up the block. Right. It doesn't have to be anything ginormous. Right. But if your mind is not willing to go the extra mile or the extra distance, your body is not going to follow. Right. Yes, it's true that sometimes the body is so out of shape or we have injuries, but that's a whole different category of what we're talking about. Right. But you can say all you want. I want to walk up the block. Mm -hmm. But deep down you're thinking, oh, I really don't want to do this. This is it's kind of dumb. I walk up and down the street. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is self-defeating. Right. And so if you're telling yourself, you know what? If I can walk up and down the street once, I can probably do it two times. Yeah. Well, what if I do it two times? What happens if I do it two times? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I can breathe better. Mm-hmm. My body feels just better mm-hmm. and I'm less stressed. But you have to be willing to embrace your goals or your wishes or your dreams to become reality. If your mind is not there, it's not happening. Not happening. Talk to us about kind of what are some of your top tips in collaborating the fitness, the mindset, and the nutrition around. So if I'm just brand new and I'm just heading into this journey, because I believe in all three areas, we're getting rid of toxins, you know, and so can you share with us, how would I get started? What would I want to do? Or maybe you've got something coming up that you know, would help somebody. So first I would say is why are you here? That will be my first question. Why are you here? Why do you talk to me? Why are you seeking my programs? And with my online programs, it's hard to say, Hey, even though they get, everybody gets an email after they get their freebie, the five spark lifestyle guide to say, Hey, tell me more about you. And most people are very like, I don't know who you are. I'm like, "Mm." but the first question is, you know, why are you here? Mm -hmm. What brought you here? Mm -hmm. And when you know the story of what brings somebody, then you you can design what's after. Because then you go into, okay, Amy came to hike it because she feels tired all the time. And then we're talking about, why is Amy tired all the time? Mm-hmm. Is it her stress? Is it that she does too much? Is she a people pleaser? Is she just run down because she does 20 jobs all at once? <laughs> or what is it that... Amy just doesn't have any energy. So you analyze what holds that person basically back. And then you go, okay, let's devise a plan of breaking down these obstacles, or I call them roadblocks. Okay. So what are the roadblocks that we can either delegate, Mm -hmm. get rid of, or put on the back burner because they're really not important with the goal that we have for Amy to have more energy. Okay. And then once we sorted that out, We're like, okay, now we're looking into what does Amy like to do? Mm -hmm. Amy loves to run. Oh, she's a diehard runner. (laughs) She doesn't want weights. So we have to somehow convince Amy that weight training, especially in our age, is one of the most important things by maybe if she doesn't like weights, maybe we let her do some wall push-ups, something simple, Mm -hmm. something that she feels that she can accomplish and is not beaten down by too much all at once. I'm all about baby steps. I agree. Because you can make things bigger, harder. That's the easy part. Right. But starting, staying consistent and following the program, even though there will be little fallouts or like, oh man, this week I didn't do anything. It's okay. Yes. But get back and go again and don't stop with what you set out to do. It may take years to reach the goal of getting energy, but along the way, you learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. You learn what you like. You get fitter. You most likely, and that's my experience in all those 30 years, you will most likely embrace exercise to a certain extent, but you will also translate this into your eating habits. You will start eating healthier foods to, as we're talking with you with detoxing, mm-hmm. is the healthy, you don't need to go on a detox diet or on a cleanse. If you're feeding, in my opinion, if you're feeding your body healthy, organic, nutritious foods, the body cleanses itself. And as you go down that path, you go through a transformation. 
And the transformation is not like the quick, like I'll call them the quick fixes. Here, within seven days, you too can lose 20 pounds and look like this model here. Not happening. That's so unhealthy. So So unhealthy. Yeah. And dangerous. Yeah. And so that's what I would say somebody coming to me. This is how we go. And then, or start. And then you see what happens. Yeah. And everybody needs a little support. So we have support groups in my community where people talk to each other or can ask questions or they can ask me and say, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? Or this didn't work. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions because I have I know so much. I've done so much and I learned so much that I am happy to pass on. I love that. So our listeners can find you at HeikeYates.com and that's H-E-I-K-E-Y-A-T-E-S.com. But you're also on social media as well. Is that a good way to reach you too? Instagram is Heike Yates mm-hmm. or on Facebook, it's Heike Yates Pursue Your Spark. So you got to put the two together Okay, because I have a personal page that's just for my family, which is my name. But for all my fans... And future friends, it's Heike Yates, Pursue Your Spark. Awesome. And you have a free five-day Spark lifestyle guide that people can sign up for and receive. I know you have some self-care programs that you offer and a lean-out program. Now, is that lean-out program something you do continuously? What Can you help us learn more about that? So the Spark Guide is for you to get started. You can tune up your fitness. You can dive into if you're falling off the wagon or if you're brand new. So this is really not for an advanced exerciser and somebody who knows everything about nutrition. Okay. That would not want that. But if you're not sure, if you want to learn more, so the guide is your start. Mm-hmm. The 4 Lean Out program is an addition. It's a four-week program, or it's actually 28 days, where I teach about intermittent fasting, as well as or all inter- different intermittent fasting strategies, I should say, mm-hmm. that go through a four-week program. And we're tuning up your lifestyle and we're really helping you understand how to apply intermittent fasting with simple exercises that you can do at home. And we're also having a huge mindset portion, of course, with it. So we're getting over those roadblocks. And then on top of that, habit changing. I guide you through habit changing every week that are different and that tie into with what the goal is of each week. And I offer this program only three times a year. We're starting again. June 1st is our next start. Okay. So you can sign up and on my website, you find the link to both programs. And um, yeah. I love it. And I really like how you embrace the why. You know, what is it? What's the result you're looking for? But why that result? Because so many times I hear things like, I want to be healthier. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you being healthier? Because that can encompass so much, right? Yep. It could be anything. It's also if you say, I want to live better. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? You know, you know, so being able to dig in with people and really get to the root of what exactly is it that we're trying? Because without identifying that, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure, aren't you? You set yourself not only up for failure, but more than that, a disappointment. Yeah. And you feel so disappointed. And when you feel disappointed, you feel beaten down and you think that you're the person who can't do anything and it never works out. And you are starting this negative talk in your head. That we don't want. I've been there. 
I have so been there. Food was my last stronghold. And I would try to eat, try, see, that is another word should not be in your vocabulary. So I would say, okay, I'm going to eat healthy in, you know, this week, and I might make it two or three days. And then for some reason, the car, car was always my naughty, I put naughty, you know, place on, I'd buy a bag of chips and a hostess cupcake and, and just, and then beat myself up. You know, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And it wasn't until, you know, I finally got to, okay, what is going on here? Why am I self-sabotaging? Why am I doing this to myself? I'm the toxin terminator. I'm trying to teach people how to live a healthy life, you know, and then really encompassing what is it that I desire to have in my life. And, and when you do that and can realize the importance of why I'm making that choice, then it's really not a choice anymore. Yeah. It really isn't. Yeah. I talk a lot about this on my podcast, Pursue Your Spark as well, and also have blogs about these mindsets. Yeah. Get better at catching just like you did. I should add, get rid of this vocabulary and either you own it or you don't do it. Don't beat yourself up over getting the chips. That's my, I said this yesterday. I'm like, if I eat ice cream, I'm going to own it. (laughs) It's going to taste so much better than saying, okay, I secretly eat the ice cream. Hopefully nobody's going to see me and I'm just going to be like, look at me, pursue your spark. And I'm not telling them I ate the ice cream. I own it. And you can see it on social. (laughs) I ate it. Uh, You know, and that's the other thing too. I think some people need to understand that to me, the rigid stuff is hard as well. We have to give ourselves grace and understand that there are going to be times in our life where we're not going to be able to do all the things that we desire to do. And that's okay because 90% of the time, you know, or 80% of the time, you're doing all those things. And so if you have a time in life you know, you're at a birthday celebration and you have a piece of birthday cake. So be it, right? Absolutely. You know, I went to an event the other day. Where did I go? Oh, no, it was not an event. I got my hair done. That was the event. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. I went to get my hair done. It was Valentine's Day and they had these little chocolate hearts where they have the tea and the coffee. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Mm, Valentine's, chocolate. I'm all about chocolate too. So I started having a heart and a little square thing. And then I got my second cup of tea and I came back and this woman stood in front of the whole array of chocolates. And the first thing she said, she looks down and she says, "Ah, I shouldn't eat this. And she stood there Then she took a piece and she looked at it and she's like, "Ah, I really shouldn't eat this. And then she took it with her. And I just said out loud, I said, chocolate is good for you. And she gave me this look like, oh, yeah, somebody's giving me permission to eat this chocolate. Yes, I just gave you permission. It's okay to do this occasionally. Yeah. And isn't that funny? The mental mind games will play with ourselves. And that needs to stop. And this is part of the Pursue Your Spark too. It's like, let's stop putting ourselves down. Let's own what we do. And if I don't exercise all week, I own that too. But step up to the plate and try and better yourself and help yourself live a better life. Right. It's okay. Give yourself grace. Give yourself grace to know, you know, today I didn't do it, but tomorrow's a new day and I get back on and we do the things that we know we need to do. 
And one thing is like, you said this right now, get back on. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, Amy, we never fall off. Yeah. It's a choice we make. Yep. It's not falling off, but you have a choice to continue the path you have or you continue not to do the path. And I believe that it's not a falling off the wagon. No. It's simply a choice. It is. So then you choose to continue your healthy journey or your extra, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so there is no falling off the wagon, just like I think there's no good food or bad foods or like that we have not been good or bad. Yes, yes, I love that. And when we know we have a choice, how empowering is that? Thank you. Yep. Okay, final thoughts. Anything you'd like to leave the listeners with? You've been wonderful. I We're so aligned in the way that we think and do. And I know our audience is just going to absolutely love you. And I hope that they check out your Lean Out program. It would be absolutely wonderful to do. Thank you. I would say that never give up. Keep your journey. Don't dim your own light. Brighten your light. Pursue your spark. Whatever your spark is, stop dimming your light and pursue your spark because we all have a spark. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.